Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Lola. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. It's recording before <laughs> prepping you at all, so um, I think all we're right. starting. Yeah. <laughs> we're so professional. This is the label podcast, where everybody's always professional and on time and everything's well prepared and there's never any last minute panic. I looked away from the screen back at you and I was like, oh, it's coming down. Oh, no. I, I think I meant to say, shall we start? And then my, <laughs> my finger just, just clicked the button and I was like, oh, okay, off we go then. Um, <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, as we said, Label Podcast. I'm Alice and uh, that's Lucy. Hello. We don't know how much of the original conversation you heard <laughs> before Alice went a bit trigger happy. Uh, but you are listening to the Label Podcast. As Alice said, I am Lucy and Alice is over there. Um, we're doing a fabled this week. Yes, this is the fabled I should have done for our disability technology series. Rather than deciding I was going to do a James Bond villain and then not doing any research until three days before... <laughs> The thing was due and was like oh no this isn't really disability technology at all <laughs> so uh what i did do was doctor no because like yes i think we had a conversation you and i may have had a conversation about it and i was just did a cursory google of uh bond villains it was like doctor no's got a mechanical hand he's obviously going to be super super evil and like switches out his mechanical hand for like torture devices and stuff like that gone from his hands exactly, like... exactly. but yeah. if it is just a gentleman wearing a pair of gloves that, that, nice that, that is <laughs> that's as far as his disability <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> brilliant it's like oh yeah he's so got a mechanical funny. hand and then and yeah. then we think it's like you know the rumors you know those rumors you get when you're a teenager at school and you're like oh yeah i know some boy from the local school who did such and such and it like it's an urban myth yeah. it never really yeah, happened yeah, yeah. it's like yeah yeah dr no's got a mechanical hand because you never see it <laughs> um but i think i if if you've not signed up to the mailing list you can sign up and go back and read the thing i wrote about dr no i think i, I pulled it out of the bag in the end um yeah but yeah that was basically your little mermaid <laughs> i'm gonna make this stick <laughs> yeah. um so this is this one is still um not te not certainly not as tenuous um but it no. is a little bit uh stretching i think so um i think i talk about this actually in my script but the film that i'm going to talk about today generally is read as a kind of um a commentary on capitalism uh, but I'm looking at it from a disability perspective, which it has been done from what I can see on the internet a little bit. Um, but mm -hmm. it's uh, it's definitely, I think, a slightly unusual approach to take to it. But I think it'll work. I think you guys will find it interesting. I found it interesting. So 
um and it's our podcast so you have to listen yes. to it <laughs> you do. I would just like to admit, I said to Alice, is this the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger in? And was it directed by James Cameron? And she went, no, that's the Terminator. <laughs> so I don't know anything. Um, so today What's new? we are talking about Robocop. Um, yes. But we are, I need to clarify, we are talking about the original Robocop, which, uh, I mean, I will just get us started robocop is a movie about a police officer who is whose life is saved after he is murdered by a gang during a uh, violent shootout um his whole body like is entirely replaced with robotic limbs uh, so it's like the six million dollar man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and he's yeah. got like an exoskeleton and um even like his eyes are replaced um and then nice. he's sent out into the world to protect mm -hmm. humanity so he's like a very early iron man it, it, it is not dissimilar to iron man like iron man's obviously got suit he gets into yeah, yeah, yeah. robocop yeah. like is the suit yes and i will tell you about uh my random fact about the first robocop movie it was actually released on the day i was born oh yeah. really yeah yeah. so actually like on happy birthday robocop yes you had the same birthday <laughs> as me uh, i'm gonna ask what we're gonna call that's gonna be your nickname now oh robocop. i mean dave dave <laughs> has always said that like if it ever comes to a point where i can get like cybernetic eyes that yeah. he's just gonna go around telling people that he's sleeping with a cyborg <laughs> <laughs> like with a switch in the back of your head that he can like <laughs> he can see stuff through like i i think he's just turning it into a weird sex thing but you know yeah yeah <laughs> that's boys yeah well done boys <laughs> so uh the main character in the film is uh called murphy uh, I have just noticed that I've called him Murray, so if I make that mistake whilst reading my script, just mentally insert the name Murphy. Um, okay, well done. So, yeah, things move quite quickly for Murphy. Like, the f the film opens, it's just a, uh, been moved to a new precinct. And at this point, is he just like just a, just a non your regular, Yeah, your, your regular, regular white man. Cop. Yeah. So when he arrives at this precinct, another officer has recently been killed um, by this violent gang. And Murphy and his new partner um, are sort of sent out on a beat, like, encounter this same gang. So mm -hmm. the film's set in a sort of futuristic Detroit uh, where crime is just rife and really, really violent. And it's literally like his first trip out that he encounters this gang um the mm -hmm. gang are all really like sort of psychotic and uh like loose cannons and it's just mm -hmm. they're just violent for the sake of violence yeah the film got a lot of criticism for for how how violent it is and it is it's like it's to say gratuitous violence it's like it's really graphic considering it's 1987 like i'm surprised by how violent it is uh, but one of the things i said to dave that made me quite laugh at it is that it's super super violent but not once does anybody say fuck <laughs> they're all like oh blimey and I'm like, oh, oh, oh goodness me you've got my toe <laughs> and like you know machine gunning children but 
That doesn't actually happen. Oops, a daisy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, after the attack, um, Murphy is taken off to this hospital where uh, it's revealed that not only is he dead, which is like so obvious because there's no way that anybody would. Does he like Mango? Does he like Half Face in Batman? Oh, he's the um, the amount he shot is like no one is surviving that. Is he like a colander? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so he's he's taken to this this hospital. Already learnt that uh, the Detroit local government have um, awarded a private company funding to run the Detroit um, Police Department. So when Murphy arrives at hospital, he's uh, it sort of is revealed that he's been he signed a consent form to put himself forward for this RoboCop program, where basically mm-hmm. he's agreed that his body can be used by the no like used by the corporate company to launch this robocop um, force yeah so basically that's where they what they do is they replace his physical body almost Mm -hmm. exclusively with like robotic parts and then his it's all sort of managed by the human brain okay so that's that's what and, but his but his brain is fine they don't have to like replace his brain or uh they don't because if he's if he's dead i mean his brain it's science fiction uh okay there's a suspend his belief a little yeah, bit yeah there's a bit okay. um in the uh in when he's in the hospital where they're like oh we can save his left arm and the guy's like no robocops like you're we're replacing their whole bodies take like lose the arm like lose the one thing that makes him look not like ordinary the movie like i said at the beginning like generally this film is sort of explored in a kind of uh capitalist um privatized military and sort of security um private security forces and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you know ask those kinds of questions but but personally i think you know as much as obviously i'm quite anti-capitalist i think that there's a um this film asks a lot of questions about like body autonomy and like mm-hmm. ownership which um mm-hmm. i think it's something that disabled people can like understand quite a lot mm. absolutely and in, not like you know in exactly the same way like we're not all like robo cop prosthetic like bits no I do sometimes think it'd be cool though. Yeah. To like have a little bit of roboticy bit of like not all of me. I don't want to be like Robocop's Robo mate. <laughs> but um I'd Robo like, mates. you know, like Robo I feel like, you know what like I mean? that's like, the off brand version. Like like what? Tesco's own brand, <laughs> Robomate. Yeah, yeah, Aldi. <laughs> um but like sometimes I think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a pair of shoes that could like help me get up the step like i don't want the shoes all the time but i could put the shoes on if i knew i was going to be like going somewhere where it was very hilly right or there was a lot of stairs do you know what i mean Um, that kind and then i could take them off and leave them in the cupboard i i I think you kind of hit on what the the thing is here um about robocop is like the film makes him after he's made into robocop he just he's just not murphy anymore he is robocop he's got no human identity he's not a person anymore and like 
right you know if you had your shoes you you said by kind of not because you can take them off but there is an element of being able to take them off means that you're in in sort of if we're comparing it to the robocop movie like you're not you can still stay who you are and yeah. this this movie really and it's you know i'm not saying this is what i i believe people with you know prosthetics and body augmentation or whatever it is like you're still you but this film makes it seem yeah, like but i mean they, they've gone completely like they've just put all the technology available in 1987 in this map does he like remember what he was like before or do they wipe his memory so not to start with and that's kind of right. what the really what the story arc of the film is is that okay he starts to get his memory back and he starts to as such he starts to kind of get his humanity back mm-hmm is he happy about it? Sorry, am about, I no, jumping no, no. ahead? What, about being a, a robot? Being a robot, yeah. Not, I mean, to start with, he he doesn't know, sort of, if that makes sense. He's, yeah, he doesn't know that he's never been but a robot. But as he starts to remember, he's pretty angry about it. Like, what he does to the people who do this to him. Yes. Um, so that suggests he's perhaps not best pleased. No, okay. <laughs> Is it a bit like, oh, golly gosh. Yes, yes, definitely. Crikey. <laughs> oh, oh, crumbs, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, really, that reminds me of, I said this to my friend, I used to, when I used to work out with a friend, completely off topic, I used to work uh. out with a friend of mine and she commented on the fact that I swear like a trooper, we all know I swear like a trooper. Oh, yeah, we know. But when, I'm, when there's something actually bad or actually difficult, I have a tendency not to use swear words, but to say things like, you know, old crumbs and old crikey. But then I, I had a, I had a support worker at school that when she used to get really cross, she used to go Christopher Columbus, <laughs> and he used to tittle me every time, like not Christ, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, well, it's like you know, I'd be, I'd be lifting a weight, and if it was too heavy, instead of going, oh fucking hell, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd just be like, oh fiddlesticks. <laughs> oh dear, I didn't realise that was heavy. Yeah, it seems it's a very. I did it the other day when I was walking back. Um, home with Dora and I walked in a puddle that was full on so high it went over my ankles oh no and in the middle of the street went crikey <laughs> and then afterwards I was like what what's going you're like a 1950s housewife <laughs> we go from swearing like a sailor to 1950s yeah. housewife it's quite amazing that's me really. I'm I'm yeah. versatile yeah. <laughs> I think that Robocop's got quite a sort of a difficult relationship with his body um mm-hmm. and i think again i think it's something that perhaps like trying to justify why i'm covering this as a on the disability podcast but i think it's something that a lot of <laughs> disabled people perhaps understand because oh absolutely like absolutely. it's your body and you love it yeah but sometimes it doesn't do what you want it to no my new saying is my body is an arsehole yeah. and we'll just act up whenever it feels like it but um yeah, you show me a disabled person that is completely happy with their body. Yeah. And it, that, to me, raises a few questions. Like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, it's not, it doesn't look, my body doesn't look the same as Claudia Schiffer's or anybody that could walk, really, to no. be honest. Do you know what I mean? No. E.T.'s feet. 
prime example. I'm not. I'm not showing you my feet as bonus content because that's where all the weirdos live. <laughs> not doing that. We're not that desperate. <laughs> um. So. In RoboCop, Murphy's human body is uh, treated like it's totally disposable. Um, yes. Like, because, like, uh, it's like I said, that bit about how his arm can be saved, and they're just like, nah, we no. paid for this, get rid of it, basically. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, he's replaced entirely, um, and he's now, he's got like a robot sort of full body armor and he's got like a visor over his eyes um and big like clumpy robot boots but he's all like silver and stuff does he sound like a robot as well have they like changed his voice so he's not stuff? got like a computery robot voice but it's very like deadpan it, like it's the actor's voice yeah. but it's very like i There's am no a robot sort of, like, emotion yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so we when we he's like refitted we find out that he although his brain is still in there he's not kind of he it's not connected in terms of like emotions and memory so we find out that he's got um four oh what do they call them uh objectives he's got four objectives now that he's a robocop um and the first one is to serve the public trust the second one is to protect the innocent. The third one is to uphold the law. And then the fourth one is classified. Okay. Um, but is later revealed that he can't arrest or harm um, any of the senior members of the um, company that, like, built him. What a surprise! Yeah. yeah. Um, the company's called, by the way, I, find, I just find this really funny. It's called... It's called Omni Consumer Products. <laughs> okay. Omni. What, what, like, do we have any backstory about the company? Like, what did they make before they made robo- robotic? Robo- uh, I, I think everything. I think that's, okay. that's what the Omni. Like, a bit is. like Amazon, basically. I, I mean, Amazon sell everything. This company, it's. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, things almost like immediately start to go wrong obviously um yeah cause movie um robocop comes across his uh former partner who was with him when he got gunned down and um she recognizes him despite the fact that he's like been augmented um right and she and he's got a visor on his face yeah yeah i mean she she recognizes his chin essentially yeah but she says murphy is that you Right. And it's later, it's like he he hears her calling him by his name and like recalling that interaction starts to spark his memories yeah. of who he was before becoming Robocop. It's when he starts to like remember that, that he starts to remember that he had a wife and a son um, and stuff like that. So that bit also got me thinking about like the disabled experience because for me i feel like there's a question um here about like again like whether we're still ourselves after having like major like sometimes life-saving work done on our bodies you know the the film like if you break the film down what is kind of what's really happening to murphy is that he's he's given a bunch of these like prosthetics and his life is saved but he then just stops like being himself um he yeah. but he's still like he 
he still uses his body the way like a non-disabled person would so like like dr no he doesn't have like you know gun fingers and like you know knives for toes like he's he still there's a, a bit where he spins the gun on his finger so right. like i mean which personally i feel like you know if you're making a a robotic like security enforcer that you just save yourself the trouble and just make his hands the guns but yeah that's well that's what i thought you were going to say like he's he's got guns for hands and he's got eyeballs that are like like laser eyes uh, gi yeah like you know like that that like i said before where you could switch in the back mm. of the head and you could look through the a uh, bit like that but it's not he's, he's got a human hand he's he's human fingers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um like he he's just physically like metal basically yeah. but he he's even though he still like looks like a human nobody right. treats him like he's a human he's like a law enforcement like object now you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's a he's an object rather than a yeah person. yeah that and yeah. and i feel like that that maybe the the film is saying something like you know you need flesh and blood limbs and like body parts that that's what makes you but a human. also yeah and also when you when you say like he's an object not a person if you think about people who like maybe have had accidents so i have never known what it's like to walk mm. i have always been in a wheelchair but i think some people who may have had accidents are often reticent towards a wheelchair or a mobility aid because they feel like it's taking a bit of them away and they they become an object. I mean, how many times, only at the weekend, somebody called me the wheelchair. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, and I think that to somebody who doesn't know what it's like to be in a wheelchair and they just said, like, you're never going to walk again. Mm. Here's a wheelchair, get on with it. There is, there, there must be a reticence feeling of well i don't want to be in the wheelchair because i don't just want to be a thing i'm still me and i think that that this film sort of reflects that socially like that social societal sort of feeling is that you know he is just a he's a robot now he's not a human anymore um and yeah i that i think is is problematic um yeah but i'm gonna go on to talk a little bit about how i think that the Robocop tries to kind of claw back his humanity. Mm-hmm. He he tries to kind of, as the film progresses, he gets some of his memories back and he goes back to the house that he lived in with his, his wife and child and finds out that it's for sale and it's kind of, he really starts to, to remember and it's it's quite sad, you know, like mm. we we literally don't, you know, we don't see anything of his wife, like, and I was sort of, as I was watching it, I was like, that poor woman didn't even have anything to bury. Like, you know, her husband's yeah. dead, except he's not dead because he's out there policing. And she, you know, he, but he's not her husband anymore. He's a robot. And yeah. so, like, you know, what did what did that, that woman and that child have to say goodbye to? It really, again, it just really dehumanises him, I think. And also, how scary would that be if you went into town and suddenly bumped into 
a cop that looked exactly like your husband but wasn't your husband. I mean, like, you'd only be able to recognise him by his chin, I suppose. Um, oh, yeah, because he's got a visor on his face. I but still, like, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's Derek or whatever. Your beloved you know husband, I mean? Derek. No offence to all the Derek. I was trying to think of a man's there. name. I was like, duh, duh, <laughs> Um... So yeah, as uh, as like whilst Murphy is off like starting to get his memory back, um, we learn that there's actually like a rivalry going on between two of the executives at Omni Consumer Products. Of course, there is. <laughs> um, about essentially about like the RoboCop program. So one of them, what he wanted to do, um, so there's one, the one that's behind the Robocop program, and then there's another one who's behind another program, which um, is called ED-209, the enforcement droid, which is what the ED stands for. Um, And that is basically like what we'd consider to be like a big shooty robot. Like there's no, he's a bit terminatory. He's just yeah. yeah. He's definitely got guns for hands. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's his job is to stand there and go, don't do that, I'm going to shoot you. And yeah, yeah. Um, and again, the key, like the big difference between the two is that the Robocop project is like powered by the human brain, whereas the yes. enforcement droid, which I don't feel like you yes. can say without saying enforcement droid. <laughs> <laughs> They're like computers. Yeah, but again, in, in a bizarre twist of fate that, you know, you would never predict, uh, it turns out that the enforcement droids um, are not, like, able to properly recognise the nuances of human behaviour. That's basically like your um, smart speakers <laughs> sort of taking over the world. A little bit, yeah. So How dare you be so rude to me every single day? <laughs> so what they, that kind yeah, of. what they end up doing, like what the, the sort of the pilot robot does is they're like, oh, hey, look at this amazing robot that we've, um, that we've built. And they're like showing it in like a board meeting. And then the mm-hmm. guy's like, oh, pretend, uh, pretend to do something wrong. And so a guy pretends to do something wrong. And then the enforcement droid's like, uh, stop what you're doing put your hands up you're under arrest and so the guy stops what he's doing and he puts his hands up and the droid is yeah. like put your hands up you're under arrest and he's like my hands are up and then the droid's like put your hands up or i will have to shoot and the guy's like but my hands are up and it was oh. it's very um you know stop resisting stop resisting while a police officer punches you in the face yes 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 but it is like it, he's yeah it's a problem <laughs> so inevitably uh, they're like hey le- let's let's not uh let's not do the the enforcement droids let's do robocop instead yeah more personable yeah a little bit yes yeah they've decided not to use the enforcement droids they're using the the robocop program and like in the in the meantime robocop is off like he's he's remembering his death and so he's like, right, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me some revenge. Yeah. And I would also argue he needs a therapist as well. Yeah, I personally feel as though some therapy would probably be um, a, a better way of working through this difficult time. Yeah. But that is not what Robocop does. Um, so we also learned that, again, unsurprisingly, the the other executive who's behind the enforcement droid stuff yeah. turns out he's paying off the gang leader who's like 
the the guy behind uh, Robocop's death. He's paying uh, him off. So did they do? Did they? Uh, wait a minute. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did they purposely kill this cop fella? So no, they killed him just because they like killing people. Okay. But it then sort of again like the coincidences of movies turns out yeah. that they use him for the robocop program and the guy that is on the enforcement droid program is like didn't want the robocop program but he was already paying the gang leader off um because just because general corruption yeah does that make sense yes it does make sense i just thought it was very coincidental like Oh dear, he's dead. Here's the body. There you go. Do what you want with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's movies. Yeah, <laughs> nothing ever makes sense. We've only got like what two hours to get a whole story. Yeah, in. we can't go into that. Back yeah, let's we? let's not worry about this random coincidence. This would happen. No, it's fine. Let's just glaze over this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like I said, Robocop is, is remembering his death and instead of therapy, he's going off and getting himself some revenge. Um, and in like a very classic sort of, well, it, just in keeping with the rest of the movie, it's super violent. Like it's very graphic, almost like it would almost be funny, like if it was a cartoon but yes, it's it's mean. so there's so many bullets and shit like it's a, just a bit it's very over the top oh fiddlesticks <laughs> i'm in the way of your gun i do apologize <laughs> so i wanted to just talk a little bit about this like avenging the death element of robocop because yeah i think it's it's just worth drilling down into like what what that is saying about um the character and who the character is so we've sort of already said that like murphy's been like he's been totally dehumanized by being given these prosthetics and turned into robocop and it's only that as he's recovering his memories that kind of that help him start to understand who he is which is you know that to me implies that he was no longer himself after having these like prosthetics or you know augmentations and that if this like if his prosthetics mean that he sort of now questions who he is then he's got to as he gets starts to get his memories back you know he he wants to regain who he is if that makes sense yeah and I think that the point that this, like, as he starts going around, like, killing people and killing the people who killed him, it's sort of, to me, it's showing a, like, a disabled character trying to get his humanity back and that the only way that he can do it is by being really violent, like... Yeah. And I think... I've i probably wouldn't say it's humanity is humanity back i think it's if you boil it right the way down it's a bit a sense of normality he wants normality back he wants to be the person he was before all these interferences yeah with whoever and his i think it's, it's not necessarily humanity it's, it's normal he's normal his no it's his his quote-unquote normal body isn't it that's what he yeah. wants back yeah. and there's no way he's going to get that back because 
you know, they probably flushed it after, like, yeah. cutting off the bits that they didn't want anymore. They gave it to the dog, yeah. probably. Um, but I think that the fact that how angry and how violent he is, like, he's not just angry because these people killed him, but, like, by killing him, they they made him a disabled person. They made him a person with a different body. Um, and obviously that, that different body is what, kind of dehumanizes him yes absolutely and i think again we go back to like me me and you alice are i think extremely lucky in some respects because we have never known any different like yeah you know my cerebral palsy i've always had it i've never ever ever known what it's like to walk and i never will do so there is an element to my life where you think well I'm just walking around in blissful ignorance, aren't I really? Like, it's fine, There's it's fine. certainly, I think, you know, although I can certainly say that I've had some trauma around coming to, coming to terms is not a phrase I like, but it's the best I can come up with. I know and, what you mean. You know, yeah, accepting yeah. my disability, I suppose. Accepting it, yeah. Um, we haven't had a really traumatic event no, you know, to go it's not from, like I woke up one yeah. Wednesday and was absolutely fine and then by Wednesday evening yeah, I was exactly, in a wheelchair. Exactly. Um it's um it's never been like that sudden click off your fingers and oh I'm what what Well and I think that the you know, for people who do acquire disabilities through that you know, through an event or an illness or something that, that changes their physical body I think that you don't just have to learn to accept the fact that you're disabled. I think you have to deal with the incident, like the trauma of Completely. the incident. Like if you're in a car accident yeah. and you're yeah. fine afterwards, the car accident is still traumatizing. If you're in a car Absolutely. accident and it leaves you in a wheelchair, you were in a car accident. It's a double whammy. Exactly. Yeah, it's a double yeah. whammy of everything, isn't it? And I, th I think you're completely right with what you say about Robocop that you I think watching it as a I think maybe we're watching it as somebody who as people who are different in we're seen as different in society mm. so we can see it with those eyes and go actually yeah I know you know we know of people we've spoken to people on this podcast mm. who've had you know had had accidents or tr like had to get through trauma to get to where they are now it's not Nobody's ever saying that suddenly having a disability is an easy thing to get to to get to grips mm. with, um, and I think that's because we know people and we've spoken to people and we can see it with a pair of well, actually looking through our lens mm. at that film, you can you can sympathise with the main character. I think in a way that not many other non-disabled people, yeah would be able to yeah and i think you know as much as i understand the, the the feelings that he's having i think i think that there is a problem with the way that he works through those feelings and that's yes that's the anger and the violence and to me that it just smacks a little bit of that like stereotypes that you see of the angry bitter disabled person mm. like the world did this to me yeah it's everybody else's fault it's not i didn't do anything wrong and he, and he literally has to get revenge against the people who did this to him yeah you know and i think it's also it also feels very like problematic for male 
like mas disabled masculinity you yeah. know and that oh, kind no. of oh if you can just get really angry and really fuck some people up then you'll be you'll come to terms with the fact that yeah. you're disabled get it now. out of your system and then everything's gonna be all right yeah yeah it's not it doesn't matter how many people you get angry with it's not going to bring his arms back it's not going to bring his you know exactly his body exactly. back exactly and yeah i can completely understand why people if you look at like real life mm. i can completely understand why people who have accidents get angry and they get bitter but they i think i mean i'm saying this is somebody who's been disabled all their life so you might come at me i don't know but i think there there must come a point in your recovery stage where you go right and what i'm stuck with this now <laughs> there's no way it c can be reversed well, and I, what do i do i would argue that if we didn't make disability look like such a horrible terrible thing that yeah. maybe people wouldn't be so devastated if they became disabled no. i'm not saying no. that it would t take that away completely because any change to your body is difficult you know if it's an unwanted change if it's a painful change if it means that you can no longer do something that you used to be able to do like as somebody with a deteriorating condition i absolutely mm. understand how frustrating and upsetting it is to be like i used to be able to do that and now i can't yeah but i do think that if we didn't make it seem like being disabled meant you weren't worth as much and you weren't as good a person then perhaps that that pain and that frustration might not be so bad no you'd still feel it i think but you definitely definitely wouldn't and maybe it's like a sense of get oh, i don't know whether guilt's the right word but do you know what i mean like kind of like oh this is it now mm -hmm. and feeling so bad about it's yourself difference... like it shouldn't be exactly. a, a thing that you feel i don't feel bad about my there are days where i get frustrated and there are fleeting irritations with my disability when it takes me longer to have a shower i can't just jump out of bed i can't doze or when it gets like I, and i'm tired that's when it gets to me but i wouldn't say that i feel bad about my disability at all really it's just it's um it's a complex thing isn't it it I is think. it is and actually like watching robocop made me think quite a lot about um some of the stuff i've read during my master's degree about um how we like depict disabled men um and sort yeah. of disabled and different male bodies there is this in in film and in literature this need to kind of if you're disabled if you particularly if you become disabled you're very much depicted as now missing something yeah you're not a real man yeah and it's you yeah. know and, and i think you know as a disabled person that is something that i kind of understand in terms of you know it, again it's a it's a social construct you're you're left feeling like oh well because i'm disabled i'm now no longer going to be able to work or whatever it is i think it's interesting that one of the things we see a lot in like film and tv and stuff is that when a man becomes disabled the way that he like makes up for this missing thing this this uh, we talk about compensation in it in mm. com and compensating for a lack of something 
um, yeah. you know whether it's like a missing body part or something you, they make up for it with extreme violence mm. and also if you thought like if we go back to bond for instance mm. how many bond villains were quote-unquote disabled oh, God, have like yeah. a disfigurement yeah. Right? How many? So, and then how many of those were men? Well, exactly. And it is that it's that I'm angry at the world because I'm disabled. And so I am going to take it out on the world. But you never see that with women. Really? No. I can't think of one. I was going to say, I can't think of an example offhand. I would love if there's anybody out there who can think of them, please let us know because I'd really. You know, I'm sure that there are much more intelligent people than us going, oh, this person, this person, this person. But for me... Maybe they just think that disabled women don't go out of the house and don't ever have an evil thought in their brain. Maybe, I don't know. It just... The the Robocop thing smacks a little bit of me that, you know, when you see in, like, films and stuff where somebody's got a really big gun and people will be like oh well like he's trying to make up for something else or like if he's got a fast car yeah it's that kind of and it feels a bit like that's what what they've done with robocop is they've gone like oh well you know he's he's not a person anymore like he's he can't be a man now that he's disabled so uh let's make him super and he's he is like he's like so accurate with his shots and stuff like that he he murders people he massacres the like there's a scene right at the end where it's proper action movie you know where Mm. one guy kills like 15 people and yeah it's what did he do line them up in a row just like one bullet through the head not quite but there's a lot of like (laughs) it's it's a lot of sort of you know jumping on vehicles and like you know it's all a bit it's just it's just very action man yeah exactly and it just exactly and you just think it's all just a bit dick swingy and you just think like (laughs) like what why why is this like because i know we don't you know you don't see that like that's not an exclusive to disabled characters like you see that with action male heroes all the time Mm. but again something i sort of read in my my master's research is that quite often that's because something's been taken away from them like whether it's um what's his name with his specific set of skills and someone's kidnapped his daughter or oh yeah yeah or i will find you and i will kill you that kind of yeah or um what's the the one john wick some motherfucker yeah. kills his dog, uh, and yeah. he's like, and all hell breaks yeah. loose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it is, don't kill my dog. Which, to be fair, like, yeah. you yeah. touch my dog, I'm coming after you. Maybe I'm the yeah. example of the, the, <laughs> the woman who gets like, hyper violent. Like Joanna Wick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's it just it just makes me feel like this movie is going oh look at this disabled person isn't it sad the only way that he could stop being sad is by fucking some people up and yeah it just it i think it's interesting and i think it's something that we see in action films generally particularly with 
characters who have different bodies, like whether they're disabled, whether they're getting older, whether um, it's also quite a trope of like eighties movies generally. Mm-hmm. I just feel as though, like ultimately, Robocop's not. It's not really a great representation of a disabled character because, like, what, like, I think I think it's absolutely fair to say that he is disabled because he has, you know, when you look at well, they've rebuilt yeah, him exactly. They? He's got prosthetics, you know. Yeah, I don't. You know, I think that it's not. I think it's very fair to call him disabled, but I just think the way that he becomes disabled and the way that he then makes it okay that he's disabled just mm. it, it's just not great for disabled so, people to, towards the end of the film mm-hmm. what happens to him does, does, does he become human or does he stay robot or what? so i mean how, the, does, how does he make peace with the fact that he's got robot he kills everybody oh is that it <laughs> yeah he he gets there's no like happy ending where he goes and has a donut and a cup of tea i mean he gets a sit down with a dog he gets to like he he even gets as far as the 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 omnicorp executive okay and yeah, he, but he can't kill them though because he's been he's switching but him. he has regained oh, okay. enough of his humanity by this point to override his objectives so basically somebody's rebooted him in the car park <laughs> and he's gone in all guns blazing i mean he, that... he's rebooted himself by murdering a bunch of fuckers oh yeah, yeah and uh and and also Standard. yeah of course he has yeah, and also like <laughs> spending a bit of time with his partner who i think it's interesting that you know she's a woman um yeah. you know she helps him find his masculine calming the situation mm. of course you well and it, it just again it feels a bit like um a bit of a stereotype doesn't it like a man yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. possibly go to therapy and manage his emotions he needs a woman to no. help him do it of course he does yeah him a good meal and calm yeah exactly exactly what this what this man really needs basically is if he can't shoot people like if a man can't prove he's a man by killing people then he needs to fuck someone i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna say that i mean that was that was (laughs) basically my master's thesis yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah see whereas me like if i get sad and wound up I just have a plate of pasta. I was going to say, it's a pint of Ben and Jerry's in the bath. You know? Yeah. Pasta, cheese, bed. Yeah. Possibly a rum. Yeah. And I'm all right. So, yeah. So, he's... And the film kind of ends where he's... He's sort of repositioned himself again as just, like... He's just a cop again with his partner. Right. But he's so still he a robot. So, does killing the Omni... Omni... Uh, he arrests him, I think. Okay, but he doesn't kill him. I don't think so. I think he arrests. Maybe he's tired out because he's been killing everybody else. <laughs> and he's tired. Like he's 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 lost like ammunition. Yeah, because they run out of bullets. Um, yeah, he can't. He, somebody needs to refill his packet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah he's um, he. So he goes back to being a normal cop. Yeah, except he's still a robot, but right. He's... But is he is he calmer? He yeah, he's definitely more like. It's just more human again you know we're we're he's we we from everything that's happened like we don't necessarily see him like go off into the sunset but he no. he is from from how he has developed and i think that the thing you know with, with the the executive the way he overrides his objective and like takes him down 
is supposed to be kind of reflective of the fact that I'm a human now. I've grown from like... Oh, so I'm not going to shoot you, but I will arrest you because you're a bad man. But I'm not going to shoot you because I'm, I'm not a bad man anymore. That kind of thing. I, I want to say yes, but I am not 100% sure that he doesn't shoot him. Right. Because I can't... So he might, he might just, like, take him outside and then wolf him up behind the bushes. <laughs> but there's... It, there's it's, it's the... It... Off the record, unofficially. Like, I just arrested him, mate. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know how we got that quote on his head. Like, like, I don't know. Just like a real policeman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he got that bruise. Sorry. Ooh. I, I, I have to bring politics into everything, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know... It impacts the whole world. Um, it does. So there's there's several sequels to this RoboCop movie, but of course there is. I haven't seen them. Right. And there is also a remake that came out in 2014. 14. Yeah, because you told me about it. Which is quite different, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> but <laughs> but my plan is that I'm going to watch it. And then the bonus content to go along with this episode is going to be an article about that version of the film and maybe like comparing the two. But I'm not going to say for certain because I'm not going to do what I did with the disability technology thing and say what I'm going to do before actually doing the research yeah. and being, yeah, and then being like, oh shit. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, this is due in, in three days and I've got <laughs> no idea what I'm Basically, it's like homework. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just put pending <laughs> for that, shall we? Yeah, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if, if, if it's not that, then, um, like, yeah. you know, maybe I'll share some cute pictures of Dora or something, but, but we'll... Dora dressed up as a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would hate that. She just, I know. She doesn't... She would, wouldn't she? She doesn't even, like, like, if you put, like, a blanket over her, she just panics, so... Oh. I love being in a blanket. I know. I thought yeah. she'd like to be snuggly. She did not like to be snuggly. <laughs> it turns out. Do, do, do I need to come and have a word with Dora? <laughs> just tell her. Like, it's all right, some blankets, fine. Um, yeah, well, that was very interesting. And I love how, how I do think that having a disability, I think with an affair to remember, my mum was dead excited about it. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so my mum was like, "You're really nice." I was like, "No, it's not." Um, I think having a disability does give you a skewed lens. Some not a skewed lens, but you are. It's a unique it. lens, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yes, that's it. Of of you're watching it and going, "Oh, oh no, that's not good." Um, and I think it's a bit like if you study film studies at like college or school or university or whatever. And you are taught about how stories are um, laid out. So within the first 20 minutes is your first turning point. And by the first 20 minutes, if you can't work out what's going to happen, then it's obviously a very unique story. Because you yeah. <laughs> like the amount of films I've watched and gone, oh yeah, I could have told you I'm 20 minutes like, in. Yeah. But like, sure, no, you couldn't. It does ruin it for you uh, when you're watching. I wouldn't say... Having a disability unique lens ruins films, but it kind of disappoints everybody around you because you're like, I don't like that film. I don't like that film. Yeah. It's a terrible film. I mean, Stop it. I, so 
I'm I made Dave sit and watch Robocop with me. Um and again in we didn't it didn't have audio description because it's right. from nineteen eighty seven. So every now and yeah. then Dave would just be like, Oh, this just happened and I'd be like, Cool. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and um but he, as we were watching it, he was just he was just like this movie's terrible. Like he was like, yeah. I've seen this a bunch of times, but I just I forgot how terrible it is. Um, mm. And there was this also bit where it made me laugh like a drain, where he just went, you know what is a really weird trope of nineteen eighties movies? And I was like, what? And he was like, the way that they thought that by like the twenty twenties, whenever you went into like a bar or a club, women would just have their tits out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, listening to like industrial music, like yeah, like just like a bit of somebody hitting a, a bit of metal with a hammer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit of like Ramstein or nine nine inch nails or something. And she's just got her tits out on the dance floor. <laughs> Standard, Standard Saturday. Night. I was going to say that's exactly what you see. <laughs> you're in the, in the club in 2022. Yeah. It's like what? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, and also, I want to know where my hoverboard is. <laughs> I also, as well, think it's hilarious that 1980s films seemed to think it was hilarious to put Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito together and they just thought it was funny. I mean, it's, like, it's a big man and a little man. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <funny>. oh. <laughs> who, knew, who knew the opposites was comedy? <laughs> That's hilarious. Look how small he is. That's the premise of like a bunch of those like, is it the Lethal Weapon movies where it's just like a a white cop and a black cop and everybody's like, and it's so funny. Just like, he's black and he's white. What? It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Although I will say that Junior is one of my favourite films. I just love it. I think I was slightly scarred by that movie because I can just picture Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's just, in my head, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's wearing a suit, but he's pregnant and he's just got a really shiny face. And I just remember being a bit like, I don't think this is something I want in my future. (laughs) No. Uh, But the thing that always makes me giggle a little bit is where they dress him up as a woman and they get he goes to like this pregnancy retreat and he's got like a blonde wig on <laughs> and like pearls and a cardigan and they're like oh yeah that's not a man in any way shape or form that's not a woman either. yeah you know it's like kind of like hilarious yeah. like everybody thought that was hilarious yeah it's a weird it was a weird time it was a weird time i think there was probably a lot of cocaine just yes Probably. Particularly within um, the film industry, I think there was just just small piles of cocaine every six feet that you... Hey, we need to write this new movie. Let's think of something funny. Um, One second. Danny DeVito. Right, let's go. <laughs> Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger when Arnold Schwarzenegger has a baby. Write down. <laughs> yeah. See, see, in four, see in four months. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There you go. That is what should have been in the Disability Technology series, um, but wasn't. But everything else we did in the Disability Technology series was really cool, so go back and listen to it if you haven't. Yes. And I'm done talking now. I've got to go and finish prepping a history lesson that we're recording later this week, which I'm really looking forward to. So, we will... I think it could be a little bit depressing, but I am looking forward to it. I think we need to accept that 
I do the depressing history lessons. It's okay. just what I do. Right. You yeah, do the funny I'm ones. On. Daisy does the slightly weird ones. I'm the light release. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, okay. it's just who I am fundamentally as a person. Harbinger of doom. Let's... <laughs> I'm going to get on a t-shirt on my business cards. <laughs> Listen to the label podcast. I'm the Harbinger of doom. What's my title? I mean... Joker. Yeah. The one that cries. I'll be, a... <laughs> I'll be the. I'll be the clown. Oh, brilliant! And we will see you right. next time, I guess. We shall. We shall see you next time. I'm gonna be oh. prepared to press the the button this time. Yes, please let me know next time. Okay. Should have a noise. But everybody. Thanks for listening to The Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at Labeled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved. <laughs>